It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just go to Amazon.com or bondsandnoble.com, or drop me an email, bill at billycboxing.com, or billy at talkingboxing.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Hey, listen, uh, we are going on early. Um, We're experimenting. uh, We're going to multiple uh, uh, platforms at once here. So it's kind of an early show. It'll be up uh, normal time. Uh, but uh, we are experimenting uh, with uh, multiple platforms, uh, so we're going to see uh, how that works. But uh, first and foremost, I wanted to get into uh, some fight uh, uh, results that uh, from last week that I watched that I, I wanted to make a com- some comments on. Uh, and, hey, listen, I, I'm always told that I'm supposed to say this, and I, and I always forget, but make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page uh, and to our podcast. Make sure you like us. Make sure you uh, forward it to other people, friends. We're, we're expanding it on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And now we're part of Rumble. So uh, check us out, rumble.com, and search uh, Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, Boxing. Uh, I've been putting up some uh, stuff. We, we came across, we, I came across a, a whole bunch of, of previous shows as you know we're in our 21st year and uh a lot of the stuff honestly i didn't know where it was you know i mean we we were on different television networks and different uh uh streaming uh locations uh over the last 21 years and um <clears throat> i just found a bunch of stuff and i've been trying to post it i forgot half of these great interviews we did roy jones jr i, I mean it was just so many and uh, I'm going to, over the next uh, few months, I'm going to periodically uh, post some stuff up on our Rumble site and, uh, and of course, uh, on our podcast. So if, if you haven't seen this or if you've been with us for a long time, um, make sure you check them out because some of them are, are pretty good. Like yesterday, I posted, uh, uh, and I think I did some more today, I posted, uh, we did a, a, an event in Las Vegas uh, for... Uh, uh, Canelo Kovalev, and uh, we had some great interviews. I, I, I had one of the best interviews I've, I, I'm not saying it just because I did it, but it was one of the best interviews I've ever seen and I ever did uh, personally with uh, Bernard Hopkins. And uh, it's up on uh, Rumble right now, um, and you got to check it out. It's it's really good. It's it's B-Hop. I've never seen him the way he was in this, uh, in this interview, and uh, we put another one up with... Uh, uh, with Kathy Duva and my man uh, Buddy McGirt, 
uh, Ryan Garcia and the Hulk. The Hulk showed up too. But uh, anyway, um, listen, I, today I'm going to talk a little about Canelo against Crawford. I, I know a lot of people are, are saying that he's fighting Charlo, you know, the other Charlo brother on, uh, on May 4th. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> I got somebody. You remember that, huh? I got somebody in the chat room. It's funny that people are in the chat room. I want to give a shout out to my man, Coach. Uh, love this guy. He's a great guy. And uh, uh, Papa just came in. He says, the funniest interview you ever did was the one with Donnell Holmes talking about his dislike for Brian Minto. Yeah. And, and there was another one we did with Donnell Holmes. Uh, we did. We used to do... Um, we used to do interviews when they they were both on. It was called Head to Head, I think we called it. And they were, uh, it was the fight before the fight. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That's good. Thanks for uh, uh, racking my brain here. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, I'm glad people remember that stuff because a lot of it uh, uh, I've, uh, I forgot. But anyway, I'm going to get into it a little bit later. But uh, Canelo Crawford. Uh, could still be happening on May 4th. This is the fight that I want to I want to happen. You know, Canelo's been saying some crazy stuff. Uh, at least it's been posted that he's saying some crazy stuff. Like like today I saw a post on social media that Canelo says he's better than Sugar Ray Robinson uh, and better than Carlos Monzon. You know, I, he's, he's almost sounding like Floyd Mayweather who says he's the best, you know. Uh, it's a joke. But listen, before I get into that, I just want to talk about uh, last week on Thursday, a week ago today, um, Jojo Diaz fought Ricky Perez uh, on Thursday night fights, which incidentally, I, I love having these fights on Thursday night. Um, I predicted Jojo Diaz. I figured Jojo Diaz would win this fight. I was wrong. Ricky Perez upset him and deservedly so because I, you know, I was shocked at some of the scores. Um, 94, uh, 95, 94 for Diaz, 96, 94 uh, for, uh, um, for Perez, and then ninety nine ninety for Perez. And to tell you the truth, you know when you're watching the fight, and uh, Jojo Diaz was landing some good solid punches, okay, and he was counter punching really well. Um, but I could see, you know, I made a note to myself here: uh, was it a ridiculous score? And realistically, um, Lou Marette was the one that that scored that uh, ninety nine to ninety. You know, and at first you're saying to yourself, well, that's ridiculous. The other two are so close. And if you were watching uh, the actual punches landed and you were keeping track, you would say, well, you know, Jojo Diaz landed significant punches. But I could see why uh, Moret uh, scored it that way because Perez was the aggressor for the whole fight. And, um, you know, one of the best things that we ever witnessed uh, on TV was during an ESPN broadcast when uh, they had a, a camera, they had cameras on, on different locations where, where the judges were sitting, and they showed the same punches from the views of each judge. And you could see where the judges would score differently. And um, this could have been the case, or uh, Lumeret just uh, uh, happened to uh, enjoy the aggression. Another broadcast that uh, took place, another DAZN broadcast. Uh, I'm surprised we've got uh, so many people in the chat room popping in this early. I'm glad. Uh, I, I would love to be doing the show this early, but uh, give a shout out to not only Coach and Papa, but uh, my man Rick is in, John McCleary. Uh, he uh, is back listening to the show. He says he uh, hadn't uh, listened to it for a while. Uh, he's from Ireland. Okay, great. You know, the whole point 
of me doing it early is I, I've always thought that, you know, we cater to a more, <laughs> I hate to say this, but a more uh, boxing knowledge, a more knowledgeable boxing fan base. And the UK, I hate to tell you, boys and girls, uh, are them. And I'm glad that we got uh, more people from there. But anyway, another zone broadcast I want to mention, it came out of Detroit. Uh, Adriel Holmes Jr. stopped Marlon Harrington in the second round to retain his USBA junior middleweight title. That was the main event. He improved to 15 and 0 with six knockouts. He's a six foot two southpaw. I think he's a junior middleweight to keep an eye on. Harrington drops to uh, 10 wins, two losses, with nine of his wins coming by knockout. The co-main event was Ali Ismailov. Uh, uh, he stopped Britton Norwood in the fourth round to retain his USBA light heavyweight title. He improves to 12-0 and with eight knockouts. Norwood drops to 13-5-1. and uh, Ismailov is uh, trained by former two-division world champion John David Jackson. So two guys to keep an eye on. And uh, not that uh, uh, they pay me or anything, uh, but the zone has really become the place to watch boxing, whether it's a big show or a club show like uh, like this one from Detroit. And, and I think that's great. And um, I, I, for one, support it. I, I'm a subscriber, and uh, uh, you should be too. Um, Boxer Promotions uh, has confirmed that they signed a contract extension with uh, Vidal Riley, who's a promising 10-0, six-knockout cruiserweight. Uh, he's out of the UK. His next fight's going to be on uh, for the uh, against the British cruiserweight champ Mikel Laurel uh, at the O2 Arena on March 31st. Uh, this event, which is a, a pretty big card, I'm looking forward. To, I'd love to be there at the O2 Arena. It's going to be broadcast on Sky Sports in the UK and here in the states on Peacock. Uh, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from Boxer Promotions. Uh, I expect them to be a major player. Uh, soon. So anyway, to touch base on uh, on Crawford, uh, the potential of Crawford fighting Canelo. Um, uh, last week, towards the end of the week, Canelo said that a fight with Crawford would gain nothing for him uh, because if he beats Crawford, everyone will say he's too law, uh, too small. But I think the real issue uh, is that um, uh, he's nervous about losing to Crawford because I have already predicted that if those two fight, I, I'm leaning towards Crawford. Here, here's my thought. There's still no official announcement on who he's fighting. I've, I've looked all over. I've put some feelers out. Um, you know, I, there's no official announcement. Charlo himself two weeks ago said he hasn't seen any contract. He was uh, uh, out on vacation with his family. Um, could it be Crawford? Could they be um, negotiating behind the scenes? I haven't heard much from either fighter. And here's why I say this. Here's why I say I'm starting to think that it could be a possibility. If Canelo keeps following uh, the blueprint that Floyd Mayweather did, and make no mistake, Canelo's starting to follow that. You know, he's cherry-picking opponents and all of that stuff. And he's dragging his feet, uh, you know, to announce this. Think about it. You know, wouldn't it make it harder for Crawford to be put on to put on the extra weight um, if he doesn't have as much time to do it. I mean, if Crawford knew three months in advance that he was going to fight at 168, it would give him all that time to put on that weight. Now, knowing Crawford, uh, well, I've never met him personally, but seeing how he is and the ultimate professional, I would think that Crawford's putting on the weight right now um, because there is really no other fight 
for Crawford, aside from Spence, which he'll beat the hell out of Spence again. I don't care what weight it's at. Um, so really, the guy dragging his foot there is Spence, plus with the retina surgery. I mean, he may never fight again. Who knows? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe maybe Canelo is going to fight Terrence Crawford. And uh, I, for one, love this fight. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I really think, number one, first and foremost, I, I think that um, Crawford deserves this fight for the payday alone. And he deserves the pat on the back for, for moving up uh, that much weight in order to fight uh, Canelo. You know, Canelo uh, is risking to fight Crawford because if he loses, uh, people are going to say, ah, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, on the on the Canelo side, you know, Canelo's done everything in the ring. You know, he moved up. Uh, like I said, I, I posted that uh, uh, Kovalev-Canelo uh, uh, interviews that we did in, in Vegas, which if you haven't seen it, check it out on our Rumble page. Um, but, uh, I mean, the bottom line is, um, I, you know, I don't think people could criticize Canelo uh, if Crawford beat him. I, I think the accolades go to Crawford, of course, if he beats him. And I think accolades go to Crawford if, if he hangs in there. You know, um, little Charlo. Remember, Charlo moved up to fight uh, uh, Canelo. And, you know, he survived. He, but, but Crawford wouldn't. I'm telling you, what I love about this fight, if it happens, is Crawford wouldn't be going into this fight just to survive. Crawford would be going in to beat the shit out of Canelo. Make no mistake. And I'm, I'd put my money on it. As soon as it gets announced, maybe I will take a trip to Vegas and throw some money on that. But uh, uh, some comments on this potential fight, which is another reason why I'm thinking maybe it is going to happen. Because uh, all of a sudden, you got people in the, in the boxing community commenting on it. Tiafimo Lopez Sr. says that uh, Crawford would get destroyed um, uh, if he fights... His son, which I think is a joke, um, they're trying to you know do damage control. Um, and he said uh, he said this uh, because he, he's talking about uh, you know Canelo and Crawford, and and he, he's trying to slip his son in the mix. And uh, Teofimo Lopez's father uh, said that he he would kill Crawford. He's trying to get a fight against Crawford. Uh, he says uh, uh, you know. Uh, he goes, I don't think Crawford wants anything to do with my son. His career is going to be over. That's how he feels, Lopez was saying, uh, senior. He says, my son would destroy him because he thinks he's King Kong. Him losing to my son would be a disgrace. He wouldn't be able to sleep at night. It would be a nightmare. It would be like coming back from Vietnam, seeing all that shit you saw in the wars. He'd be waking up in the middle of the night. Where are you, T.O.? Where are you? Uh, to me, Crawford's like a guy like Mike Tyson. Remember when he used to say he was scared, an old lion walking into the ring, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Crawford is scared to death. You know when he's scared to, you know why he's scared to death? He doesn't want to have that loss. He knows my son's got a good chance to give him a loss. They don't want to lose. My son's always on the top dog. He's in the game, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't care what uh, Lopez Sr. says. Crawford's not scared to lose, and Crawford's a warrior. But the truth of the matter is Crawford is 37 years old, and his, he, why should he fight Teofimo Lopez? Why should he fight, uh, um, you know, Enos? Why, there's no other fight for him. He needs to, and he's challenging himself. Why aren't the younger boxing fans and people that, that are supposed to know the sport, why don't they understand that, you know, a guy like Terrence Crawford, who's willing to challenge himself, and credit to Canelo, because Canelo did the same thing. Canelo's just plateauing. 
um, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, great fighters do great things. They challenge themselves. You know, anybody that's watched this show for a long time uh, knows that I'm not a, a, a Mayweather fan. And the reason is because of that. Because in my opinion, he didn't really challenge himself in the second part of his career. I give him credit financially, uh, but, uh, but that's it. You know, and, and you, know, you don't have to tell people how great you are in the sport of boxing. Uh, boxing has a way of doing it on its own if you perform in the ring. So I don't want to hear from guys like Floyd Mayweather and guys like Canelo now saying that they could beat Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson was the best fighter ever to lace on a, a pair of boxing gloves. There'll never be another one like him because the sport has changed. No one will fight 200 fights again, you know. Uh, you know, Harry Greb, you know, uh, Henry Armstrong, these guys, uh, the, the nature of the sport has changed. So you'll never get to see that again. You know, that's why these guys, you know, maybe skill wise and, and coach will uh, in the chat room, give a shout out to Jesus and Jason's back. Um, you know, I, you know, I haven't heard him say he wasn't going to fight uh, Crawford, uh, Jay, you know, he said that it was nothing in him. There was, it's a lose-lose situation, but no official word about this May 4th fight has been out yet. Um, but, uh, anyway, the sport has changed. And although I've said many, many times that, um, you know, that today we have the potential, the fighters have the potential of being great because of training techniques and coach can uh, back me up on that. You know, the training techniques have improved. Nutritional uh, education has improved. We know how to eat better. Um, you know, they know how to put the weight on. I mean, I mean, you know, Jim Jeffries, James Jeffries used to, when he went into training and I've told this story a million times over the last 21 years, um, used to think it would toughen him up. You know, he would train all day long and only drink one bottle of water. The guy's lucky he didn't drop dead from dehydration. I mean, you know, um, so, I mean, I, you know, the whole training techniques, you know, Rocky Marciano, you know, chopping wood, running in work boots, all of that stuff. Marvin Hagley used to do it, and it worked for him, too. Uh, but uh, in any event, um, you know, Berlanga is, um, is a fighter that's uh, I'm going to do a breakdown here in a little bit. He made uh, a really interesting point. Uh, about the potential Canelo Crawford matchup. He says it's a mismatch. He says, I think just mentally, Crawford has more will than Alvarez uh, and his previous opponents, uh, Charlo, he listed, and he has much more skill. Canelo's just trying to overpower uh, his opponents with his strength. And obviously, he's just a much bigger fighter. So uh, if he does go that way, it's, 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 for the simple fact that Canelo's the bigger guy. I doubt Crawford because he's one of the greatest in the world. Uh, he could probably pull it off if he was big enough. I know that uh, his will is strong. I just think that if he was 168 pounder uh, or Canelo was 147 pounder, it'd have been a big difference. It's a money grab fight. Uh, there's going to be a lot of money to be made. A two-time undisputed champion versus the undisputed 168 champion. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a lot of money involved in that fight. It's a big money fight for both of them. I agree with that, um, but but I'm telling you, the difference between the Charlo fight against Canelo and a potential Crawford fight against Canelo uh, is the fact that Crawford will go in that ring to win the fight. Uh, and I think that, you know, Bivol uh, demonstrated that a good boxer with good movement 
um, gives Canelo some trouble. If you're not willing to stand in front of Canelo and let him beat the shit out of you, you, you could give him some trouble. Floyd showed it to be as it may. Canelo, people are going to say, all the Canelo fans are going to say, oh, he was young, he didn't know. But true is true. Floyd beat him because of movement and his defensive ability uh, and the fact that he could hit and get out of harm's way. You don't think Crawford can? Crawford is, and when he's got the switch, remember I talked about last week, Crawford's got the switch, the switch that he can flip um, and, uh, and, and, and become vicious in the ring and God-fearing nice guy outside of the ring. A um, couple other things that I want to mention uh, right now. Um, Coach, Coach is making a, a, a decent comment. He says, could you imagine Sugar Ray Robinson training under today's science? Scary, scary. You know, there's, there's a lot of fighters. You know, even Rocky Marciano. You know, remember, Rocky Marciano, he had nothing. Everybody laughed. Oh, he's got no footwork. He's got no, no defense. He's got this. He's got that. And yet, yet he crushed people. You know, um, a lot of great fighters. You know, um, uh, you know, look, I always go back to Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield was the first guy that was able to take and, um, you know, in, incorporate modern training techniques uh, with the sport of boxing. He put on the weight correctly, uh, and the rest is history. Um, so, hey, a, a, a big fight. I'm going to talk about some fights that are scheduled right now. Uh, a big fight that's uh, scheduled uh, for, uh, um, you know, I, you know, uh, Jesus is in there. You know, he's talking about, I, I didn't see the whole conversation here because they're, they're communicating amongst themselves, but um, yeah, he's saying boxing is no longer com uh, competitive sport. It's a celebrity popularity matchmaking. He's right. He's right. And that's the sad thing. Coach has been, Co Coach will be the first one to tell me who's in the chat room right now. He he's been calling it the WWE for years now. And he's right. You know, I mean, listen, no disrespect, but, uh, you know, Paul, I, I mean, I, this, you know, YouTuber, he's making, f I, I saw somewhere, I, I, I thought I printed it out, but $40 million. You know, he's. I think he's the second or third top uh, grossing fighter out there, and he's now he's being considered a fighter. He's, uh, you know, so come on. Uh, a, a couple of big fights I want to talk about. I'm going to be ringside for this one up in uh, at the Turning Stone in Verona, New York, on March 2nd, uh, not this weekend, next weekend. Uh, a couple of title fights, uh, ESPN uh, Plus, I believe, is going to broadcast it. Uh, Otebek uh, Kolomatov uh, is 11-0 and with 10 knockouts. He's taken on uh, Raymond Ford, who's 14-0, and uh, with a draw um, with, uh, uh, with seven knockouts. They're fighting for the vacant uh, WBA featherweight title. And this, the reason why I'm so interested in this fight is, uh, now granted, it's the WBA uh, uh, rankings, but these guys are ranked number one and number two, which is extremely rare today. For a number one and number two guy uh, to be actually fighting, <coughs> excuse me, each other. The co-feature is uh, another world title, uh, the IBF featherweight champ, uh, Luis Alberto Lopez, who's 29-2 and two with 16 knockouts, is putting his title against the line against the IBF number one uh, ranked contender in uh, Rhea Abe, who's 25-3 and three with one uh, draw and 10 knockouts. Very rarely do you see such 50-50 fights, and I believe both of these are 50-50. I'm going to be ringside. Get yourself some tickets and come on, come on up to uh, Turning Stone and, uh, and say hello if you see me. Um, it was announced today 
that uh, uh, Pulev, um, Kubrat Pulev and Mohammed Char uh, are going to uh, be fighting March 30th uh, for the <laughs> the regular WVA heavyweight title. I, I thought we were doing away with all that crap, right? Interim and regular. Um, in case you're saying, huh? You know, remember, Manuel Char was the champ. How he got it, I forget. But uh, what happened was he had a big fight going on between himself, Don King, uh, and uh, the WBA. And, and they were going back and forth. And at uh, uh, one point, uh, Trevor Bryan ended up uh, fighting for the uh, title um, and because Char was stripped of it. Bryan, uh, uh, you know, won it uh, against uh, Bermaine Stavern, who's a bum, uh, and then uh, took a, uh, a title defense and got destroyed by Daniel Dubois. Now, why Daniel Dubois isn't considered... Uh, the regular old WBA world champion uh, is beyond me. But now Char is back. Uh, the WBA decided to give him the title back. Uh, so he and Pulov are going to fight. And Pulov said at the press conference, I'll be facing a very serious opponent who, like me, has a lot of experience. You know, I met Pulov face-to-face uh, in Denmark. I was uh, 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 with uh, one of my fighters, uh, a world champion, Chevelle Hallback, fought in Denmark, um, and Pulev was uh, uh, on that card. And um, uh, he, as a matter of fact, he fought the kid out of Long Island. Uh, the name escapes me right now, but uh, big dude, big dude. Uh, and uh, he's fighting uh, uh, Char, and Char said, I'm a fighter. I don't fight for the money. I fight to leave a legacy. If you only fight for the money, you lost. Uh, work hard one day and everything you dreamed of uh, will come true. Um, you know, I think that's a little uh, <clears throat> bullshit because, uh, you know, he hasn't created any kind of a legacy for himself right now. And uh, hopefully he's making the money that he should. But uh, in any event, uh, you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the potential or at least Manny Pacquiao said that there was going to be an exhibition fight, the rematch between him and Floyd Mayweather. Well, apparently, uh, he mentioned Floyd Mayweather, and uh, uh, Mayweather, uh, they weren't supposed to say that, and uh, Mayweather said, and I quote, uh, when Manny Pacquiao spoke about that, he shouldn't have, uh, I'm going to say he's right, uh, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say he's right, and I'm not going to say he's wrong, but just by him saying that, uh, it, it, it got a check for $4 million. So in other words, for him opening his mouth, uh, there must have been a gag order as part of the deal. And uh, Floyd claims he got a $4 million check. Um, you know, you can't believe nothing Floyd says. But uh, uh, this is what bothers me. Floyd go on, goes on to say, I'm really still the face of boxing. I'm appreciative for guys like Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, etc. So many guys who paved the way for me. But there's only one Floyd Mayweather. These fighters were not better than me. He says, uh, you know, to me, you know, he keeps trying to tell himself. You know how, you know, and Coach, I'm sure Coach will back me up on this. He's been uh, a lot of... uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, been with a lot of fighters, and you know, uh, you know the, the 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 corners, the the whispers in the ear—they're the worst. You know, the worst thing you could do is keep trying to tell yourself something. And you know, I think Floyd's having a hard time dealing with retirement. 
I know he still owes money on taxes, and that's why he keeps doing this, uh, and why he wants to maintain that he's relative in, in the sport of boxing. He's not. He should just enjoy retirement. Let it, you know, the beauty of, of fighters when they retire is over time, people get to dissect and they really, you know, appreciate a fighter and their career. Floyd is making it worse. He's, at least for people like me, he's pushing me further and further away. Not that he gives a crap about what I think, but, uh, but he wasn't better than Sugar Ray. You know, as a matter of fact, I have somebody posted um, a, uh, a top, uh, I don't know uh, if it was their own top 50 greatest fighters of all time. Um, and, and they have Floyd listed at number 50. Now, I don't know if I would have him that low, but pretty damn close because listen to some of the fighters that I'll just read a bunch of these fighters that are above Mayweather. And you, you got to try to, you know, if you want to give me a reason why I'm, why this top 50 is wrong, email me and I'll read it on air. Bill at BillyCBoxing.com or Billy at TalkinBoxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Tell me why you agree or disagree. Number one, top greatest 50 of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson, agreed. Number two, Harry Greb. Number three, Manny Pacquiao. I don't know if Manny should be up that high, but I do believe he's top 10. Uh, Henry Armstrong, number four. Ali, number five. Sam Lankford. Don't forget about Sam Lankford. He's number five. Uh, I'm sorry, number six. Joe Lewis, number seven. Ezra Charles. Don't forget about him. Another forgotten guy. Great fighter. He's number eight. Number nine, Roberto Durant. Number 10, Willie Pep. Number 11, Benny Leonard. Number 12, Sugar Ray Leonard. Number 13, Jack Johnson. I would have put Jack a little higher. Number 14, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, number 15, Lennox Lewis. Mm. Lennox Lewis changed the complexion of the heavyweight division, but as far as the top 15 of all time, I don't know. Uh, George Foreman, number 16. I don't know about that. Julio Cesar Chavez, number 17. I agree with that. Uh, he should be higher. Um, uh, 18, Jack Dempsey. agree with that. I think he should be higher. Hagler, 19. Hearns, 20. Joe Gans should be higher at 21. Evander at 22, Archie Moore at 23, he should be higher, Jimmy Wilde at number 24, uh, forgotten fighter, little little guy, um, Mickey Walker, a great fighter, Gene Tunney, great fighter, Stanley Ketchell, this is a guy that, that is always in the conversation as one of the all-time greats, and he was like 23, 24 years old when he was shot. Um, you know, 27th, he is, uh, Jimmy McLaren, number 28, Barney Ross, loved Barney Ross, Barney Ross, I, on the, I got turned on to Barney Ross by reading a book, uh, about him first, and then I, I, I just fell in love with Barney Ross, Joe Frazier, number 30, Jake LaMotta, uh, 31, now, Jake was a fun fighter to watch, I don't believe he belongs, uh, that high, uh, Tony Canzanori, number 32, Marcel Serdan, uh, underrated fighter, um, Number 33, Jose Napalos, uh, number 34. Emil Griffith, you know, he was a great fighter. I, I don't know at number 35. Oscar De La Hoya, uh, number 36. Salvador, and you know what? You can say what you want about Oscar, but he fought everybody, and he wasn't afraid to back away from anybody. And he would have beat Floyd Mayweather if his own corner didn't tell him to stop fighting. They said he had this fight in the bag, and he just, you know, finished it out. He, he lost those last couple of rounds. Uh, Salvador Sanchez, number 37, uh, Rocky Marciano, number 38, Mike Tyson, number 39, Larry Holmes, number 40, Carlos Monzon, number 41, Alexis Arguello, 42, Marco Antonio Barrera, number 43, Pernell Whitaker, number 44, B. 
B-Hop, number 45. B-Hop could have fought in any era. I'm telling you, if you didn't see it, watch the interview I did with him uh, in Las Vegas. It's on our Rumble account. Uh, just go to Rumble and search Talkin', T-A-L-K-I-N, Boxing. Uh, you won't want to miss that interview. I think it's one of the best. Um, uh, Pernell Whitaker, 44. B-Hop, 45. Eric Morales, 46. Sandy Sadler, another guy, uh, 47. Juan Manuel Marquez, 48. Aaron Pryor, 49. And uh, this particular uh, top 50 has Floyd Mayweather at number 50. Uh, give me your thoughts, um, and uh, uh, we'll, go, uh, we'll go from there. Um, some comments. You know, I was talking about uh, Jake Paul, you know, this is a guy that, you know, is making all this money and, and uh, Jesus in the chat room here was making a comment about, uh, you know, uh, you know, boxing is uh, an entertaining, uh, you know, it's not real fighters against fighters anymore. And the other part of it, too, don't forget that, uh, you know, it's all about the O, right? Floyd did that, you know, uh, promoters, networks, uh, managers, they feel if they lo- if a fighter loses the fight, he loses the value, which is all bullshit. You know, and that's what I love about the UK boxing scene. The UK boxing scene is not like that. I'm, I'm going to try my damnedest before I look at grass from the other side to, to do a show out of England. Um, but uh, f- speaking of England, former uh, world champion Carl Frotch, another warrior. Um, this is a guy I loved. I, I was live uh, for him when he won the title in, uh, in, I think it was Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun, one of the two. Um, great fight. Um, you know, he's been, uh, um, I'm going to have him on the show. I'm going to have a bunch of good people on the show coming up. Uh, I got a suggestion by somebody in the chat room. I forget, uh, might've been Jason, um, was asking me about, uh, Iceman Scully, John Iceman Scully, former, uh, world title challenger, a friend of mine, and also Connecticut Boxing Hall of Fame. He actually, we, we started a Billy C. Boxing Hall of Fame, and he was in the inaugural class, uh, and uh, we just uh, weren't able to continue. We, we didn't have the building anymore. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, he's going to be on the show. Um, not this not this week coming up, but the following week. The, uh, I think it's the first week in March he'll be on the show. Um, anyway, Carl Froch uh, was responding to Jake Paul uh, saying he could beat him. He says, uh, Jake Paul's bottled it. KSI, well, KSI never really had a go, but Jake Paul is really disappointing because Jake Paul actually called me out, meaning Carl Frotch is saying this. And then people say, oh, Frotch is calling out Jake Paul. Uh, you know, he's run out of money. It's like, no, do you not know Frotch? He's a clever guy. He's uh, good. He's got good investments. He's in a good position financially. You mentioned Carl Frotch's name. This is Carl talking about himself in a third person. Uh, I said, go on then. You want to talk to me? Let's talk. And he said, uh, oh, fight Anderson Silva to prove myself. Then fight me. This is what uh, Paul is saying. He said to Jake Paul, I'm 47 years old. I don't need to fight somebody. He says, listen, uh, I said to Jake Paul, I'll fight Anderson Silva and you on the same night i'll fold both of you uh on the same night and uh uh, he laughed about it um he also made a comment uh about mike tyson if he fought tyson fury i found this extremely uh interesting uh thanks jason jermaine taylor uh i was ringside for that fight as a matter of fact that's when dax Khan and i got into an argument about lennox lewis it was great um 
and he's been with us ever since. Carl Frotch said Mike Tyson uh, knocked out uh, a few big lumps in tall guys. I love the way the Brits talk. He says, I think Tyson Fury would be able to keep him out of the way for an amount of time, but you're talking about a peak Mike Tyson uh, who has world, uh, who was a world champion at 20. I think a peak Mike Tyson beats almost anybody on the planet. Just the way he used to be in the ring, he was a dangerous, dangerous man. He didn't stop throwing punches. He used to roll his way into range. If they tried to grab him, it'd push him off. He'd throw big hooks, big uppercuts, and then he'd land the chin and render them unconscious. I think the answer to the question, if you ask me, is Mike Tyson beats Tyson Fury. I couldn't agree with Carl Frotch uh, anymore. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, Andre Ward, Jason's saying he, he beat him with one of uh, Andre Ward, I don't know what it is, man, and don't, uh, don't hold it against me, Jay, but I, I never could like Andre Ward. I, I never could. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, talented fighter. Wasn't exciting, though. All right, let me break down a couple of fights that are happening this weekend, a couple of good ones. Um, uh, Alejandro uh, Santiago Barrios is taking on uh, Unito uh, Nakatania. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's for the uh, WBC Bantamweight Championship that uh, Santiago Barrios holds. Now, when you look at Barrios... Um, his record, 28 wins, uh, 14 coming by knockout. He's got three losses, never been stopped, and five draws. Anytime you see somebody with, you know, more than a draw or two, um, you can make the argument that he got robbed or he robbed the opponent. His losses, three, uh, early in his career, two of the three, uh, he lost the six-round decision to Hector Flores in 2013, and he lost a six-round decision to Johnny Garcia in 2014. His only other loss was a, uh, and both of those were unanimous decision losses, and his only other loss was a 10-round majority decision against Gary Russell who in 2021. Um, he's 28 years old. He's the current WBC Bro, uh, World uh, Bantamweight Champion. Uh, he's five foot two and a half inches tall, and he's got a sixty-five and a half inch reach. He's given up five inches uh, to uh, uh, Nakatania, and uh, he's uh, only given up an inch and a half reach. He's won his last three fights, including uh, a twelve-round decision over Nonito Donaire uh, for the title uh, in uh, July of uh, last year. He's also got uh, wins, uh, a uh, stoppage win over Antonio Nieves in uh, twenty-two. And also uh, in the same year, uh, David Carmona, two, uh, uh, in addition to the Donaire fight, uh, all three are uh, quality uh, fighters. Um, he steps in the ring uh, with uh, uh, Junio, uh, Junto uh, Nakatania. And before people start correcting me, I know I can't pronounce that. What do you think I call myself, Billy Sifo? I can't even pronounce my own friggin' last name. Um, he's uh, 26 and 0, 19 of his wins coming by knockout. Now he's moving up in weight. Um, he vacated his uh, uh, WBO, WBO uh, Super Flyweight title. Um, he was uh, ranked at number one on the computer. Um, uh, and by the way, um, Santiago Barrios is ranked uh, number two in the world by the computer uh, in the uh, Bantamweight division. Um, 26 years old. He's five foot seven and a half inches tall. He's going to have a five inch uh, 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 height advantage, but only a one and a half inch uh, reach advantage. 
Uh, he's already ranked uh, by the WBC as the number one ranked contender as a bantamweight. Um, you know, he hasn't fought at bantamweight yet, um, but uh, that's always funny when they do that. Um, since October of 2019, he's fought and beat uh, all very good opposition, seven fights total, uh, beginning with uh, Milan Melindo, uh, Jamel uh, Magramo, Angel Acosta, Riata Yamaguchi, um, Francisco Rodriguez Jr. he beat, uh, Andrew Maluni, and uh, R.G. Cortez, you could argue, would be the worst one of, of that group at 25 wins, three losses, and a couple of draws. Uh, how do I see this fight going? Well, I don't want to underestimate uh, Alejandro Santiago Barrios, uh, but uh, but I just think that the uh, knockout power of uh, of uh, Junto um, at seventy three percent is going to be a take center stage in this fight, uh, regardless uh, uh, of the uh, weight that he's moving up in weight. I think he is going to. Uh, get his distance correctly. I'm picking uh, a new uh, world title uh, holder in uh, Junto uh, Nakatanya uh, come uh, come Saturday night. Uh, the main event on that card is uh, Takamuo Inuo, um, Nanyu Inuo's brother. Um, he's uh, the WBA World Bantamweight Champion. Um, he's ranked number four in the world. The computer has him uh, at number four. Uh, he's uh, 28 years old, five foot four and a half, 64 inch reach. Um, of his 19 pro fights, when you look at all of his fights, I only see five that you can classify as being easy or against, you know, not that great of opposition. Um, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, this guy. I, you know, he's, I'm sure he's sparring with his brother. He doesn't have the knockout power of his brother. Of his 18 wins, he's only got four knockouts. Uh, but, man, you you go down his uh, resume, uh, and uh, you're going to see the who's who in that weight division. Um, his only loss uh, at 18-1 and one was a 12-round decision uh, to uh, Nordine Oyubali back in uh, November 2019 uh, when he fought for the WBC Bantamweight title. Uh, he uh, had he had been the interim champ and lost it. Um, you know now he's the world title uh, holder um, and um, he's going to be uh, making his first defense. He takes on a, a pretty tough character, uh, former world junior bantamweight champion uh, Jerwin uh, Ansiastis, uh, and I pronounced that wrong, so let's just call him Jerwin. I have such a terrible time with these names. Uh, sorry. He's ranked number 30 by the computer. WBA number nine. No other sanctioning body has him. His last fight was a fifth-round stoppage over uh, Wilner Soto in June of 2023. Um, but, uh, you know, his only losses, his record is 34 wins, 23 coming by knockout, uh, and uh, three losses and two draws. His only losses, uh, you got to go back to 2012. He, he lost a 12-round uh, majority decision to Mark uh, Anthony Geraldo, uh, and then back-to-back uh, -back losses against Fernando uh, Martinez in February of 2022. He actually has an inch and a half uh, height advantage and a two and a half inch reach advantage. He's got some good wins against some quality opposition: Jonathan Rodriguez, Miguel Gonzalez, uh, Israel Gonzalez, uh, Jamie Collin, uh, Teru Kinozo. 
uh, uh, Jose Alfredo, uh, Rodriguez, and McJoe Arroyo. Um, you know, he's uh, 32 years old. Uh, he's been in a lot of wars. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a tough out for him to beat Inoue. I think it's going to be a challenging fight. I wouldn't be surprised of if uh, Ann Kados beats him. Uh, but I'm going to officially pick Inoue. I think that uh, he's going to uh, uh, win this fight uh, at home. The other fight I want to break down and, and uh, give predictions for is one that I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, Jason's shocked at me saying Ward uh, challenged himself. Uh, don't you agree? I, I, you know what it is? I, I just, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't say this, but it's the truth. I just, I met him once. And he, he just thought who he was, you know, and he just he just wasn't a likable guy to me. And again, Andre Ward was one of those guys always telling you how great he was, you know, and uh, it turns me off. I'm sorry. It, it clouds my judgment. And I'm just being honest. Um, this fight uh, in the uh, super middleweight division um, is uh, is one I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on. Because, you know, the super middleweight division, um, you know, I think you're going to see some changes in it. You know, Canelo's not going to be around forever. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, he's really got nothing else to prove. He probably has more money than Fort Knox right now. Um, I, I just think that, you know, Canelo at this point, he's, he's got a beautiful family. And, you know, a cash-out fight against Crawford makes sense. Um, and, and he could fight... A couple of more Charlos after that, you know. Um, he's probably going to wait on Crawford till Crawford's 70, maybe 75 years old. I don't know. But uh, Edgar Belanga is taking on uh, Pedrad McCrory on the zone this weekend. And um, I, I see, I, I'm interested in this fight. Edgar Belanga is 21 0 with 16 knockouts. He's got a 76% uh, knockout ratio. Um, he's 26 years old, six foot one, 73 inch reach. The computer has him ranked at number 11. All four sanctioning bodies have him ranked uh, in their top 12. WBC number 11, WBA number eight, IBF number seven, WBO um, number five. What I really like about this guy is that he has fought exactly how I recommend fighters be moved. He has fought progressively harder opposition since he turned pro. His last four fights specifically uh, has been against uh, uh, better than good opposition. Uh, in 2021, he beat um, uh, Marcelo uh, Cosiares. He also beat Steve Rolls in 22. He bought... Uh, he fought and beat uh, Roma Alexis Angulo in 22 and Jason Quigley uh, in uh, uh, 2023. Uh, he steps in the ring with, uh, uh, like I said, uh, Padrag McCrory, who's also undefeated, 18-0 and with nine knockouts. Uh, big age difference. He's nine years older at 35 uh, years old. Uh, pretty much the same height and everything. The computer ranks him at number 26. Uh, the WBA has him at number three. The IBF has, has him at number 13. He's not ranked at all by the WBC and WBO. Um, you know, he's got three less fights. However, he's got 24 more rounds that he's completed. He's only got a 50% knockout percentage. Um, you know, I, I would say this. Four of his last five fights uh, were against uh, decent opposition. Decent. Not good. Not great. Decent. The rest of his opposition is nothing to brag about. McCrory himself 
uh, is very confident in his fight. He said uh, at the press conference, he's looking past me uh, because he's talking about Mugaya and Canelo. Uh, he's not worried about me, but that's a big mistake. He's in for a nightmare. I'm definitely his hardest fight. I'm a big 168 pounds, and he's never taken anyone's O. He sounds confident, but I think it's all show. He's trying to convince himself, and on Saturday, you're going to see that I'm his biggest test. Maybe his, it's maybe McCrory will be his biggest test, uh, but uh, uh, I'm picking uh, uh, Berlanga in this fight. Um, Jason Gonzalez is asking me, do I know Jack Hurts? Yes, I do. I know uh, uh, Jack um, but uh, why do you ask? Uh, he says, Canelo career has been a farce since the start. Jesus is saying that. I don't know if I can agree with that, Jesus, because uh, in my opinion, Canelo, maybe the first uh, uh, early, early fights when he's fighting him predominantly in Mexico, um, I think that uh, he's been, uh, uh, he's been uh, uh, you know, doing the right thing. I, I think, you know, his last fight against Charlo, we can't really hold him in, and he has had some some less than stellar opponents uh, over the last uh, few years. I didn't like what he did. I, for the most part, I like Canelo. I didn't like what he did uh, with Triple G. I thought that, that those fights should have been held sooner. But again, I, I strongly believe that uh, Canelo Alvarez is, is stealing a page uh, from uh, Floyd Mayweather's book, and he's uh, waiting for all the ducks to be aligned in his row. And, uh, you know, when you talk about um, fights, uh, you know, against uh, certain fighters like Terrence Crawford or, uh, you know, if, if he wants a fighter Berlanga or somebody like that, um, you know, he's waiting. He's waiting till, till the odds are in his favor. The, all the contracts are going to be in his favor. He's going to pick the glove he wants. He's going to pick the location. He's going to pick the day. He's going to pick the, the ring size and all of that stuff. And when you're bringing in the kind of money he brings in, you get to do all of that stuff. Um, you know, question by Jesus. He says, uh, why are people in the boxing industry so afraid to say that Canelo's uh, not the best Mexican fighter? Um, I, I don't know if they all are, Jay, uh, Jesus. I, I really don't. I, I think he's popular. Um, you know, I, the best. Are you talking about the best Mexican fighter of all time? Um, you know, he's one of the best out there today because of the draw. Look, I, one of you guys said it earlier. Um, the bottom line is today's sport of boxing is all about the money. It always has been. So, you know, when, when, when social media starts to be able to sell pay-per-views for Jake Paul to make $40, 50000000 million, when he becomes a promoter and when he can make all this money, when he can, you know, call out Mike Tyson for a $50 million purse that he can pay, you know, that's the driving force. Let me, let me tell you, the, the promoters today are lazy. That's why I like boxer promotions, Okay. Boxer Promotions is, is, in my opinion, up and coming. Um, they're, they're signing some young talent. They're going to they're gonna hold the cards pretty soon. Eddie Hearn, I love what Eddie Hearn does, real promoter. You know, I, we're going to have Jimmy Birchfield on soon. One of the last, what I call, grassroots, <coughs> excuse me, promoters left out there. What do I mean by grassroots? He goes out there and sells local. You know, they have a, a local fight. It's a, a, like a club show. He builds up his fighters. You know, it, it, you got to hit the road. It, you know, a lot of these promoters today, you know, the, prom, the fighters are forced to promote themselves. That's why you hear all the shenanigans going on uh, in, uh, 
in the sport of boxing. But uh, anyway, listen, do me a favor. Uh, check out uh, some of the stuff. We're putting uh, uh, a lot of uh, stuff up on uh, Rumble. So uh, check out that site. Uh, you know, just go to rumble.com and, and uh, search uh, Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Uh, also, keep an eye out uh, on our uh, uh, Facebook page and also um, our podcast. If, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube page and Rumble, and, uh, and, and, and our podcast, make sure you do it and uh, get some other people to do it. The podcast, I, 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 I don't know if you're tuning in late, but I've just found that, uh, um, yeah, he's saying, I, I want to change uh, thoughts here. He says, I've heard Canelo is not loved like Chavez, uh, Barrera, Morales, Marquez, uh, because of his street. And, and you know what? That doesn't surprise me, Jesus, because... There's nothing like Mexican fighters and nothing like Mexican fans. Uh, they love the the warrior mentality. And, you know, Canelo is starting to show that. Maybe that pressure is making him consider Crawford, and I hope so. But uh, back to my plug here. Make sure you uh, sign up for our podcast. Uh, you could do that. Uh, it's all, you know, I... I there's links around. You could also uh, go to our website, Billy C Boxing, and, and I'm sure that you could get to it then. Uh, or it's on iTunes and everything else. So get our get our uh, podcast. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube and Rumble pages. Make sure you like us. You know, you know, click the like button, subscribe, uh, and uh, pass the word around. What I was starting to say is I've uncovered uh, a couple of hard drives. Uh, that uh, contain, uh, you know, I've been doing this show for 21 years. We've interviewed anybody and everybody who's somebody in the sport of boxing. I forgot about half of the interviews that we had. Um, we posted the first show we did uh, in uh, 2010. I put it up on our uh, podcast. And uh, in that, uh, we had this intro back then. And we had clips of all these people that were interviewed. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, Roy Jones Jr. Oh, oh, that's right, you know, this one and that one. Oh, Vinny Pazienza, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember waking him up, you know, at, at, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, definitely do that. Go back, you'll, you'll enjoy it, uh, especially some of the early, early stuff uh, when we were doing the morning show. Remember, we used to do the show five days a week, uh, two hours a day. And when we did the morning show, it was a unique show. It was designed to on your on your drive to work, basically. And uh, a lot of those were on uh, Go Fight Live, actually. And um, we uh, uh, we had some funny stuff. There was some really good stuff uh, on the morning show. So uh, so check all of that out. And uh, sorry for the people that are going to be watching this recorded we did decide to go a little early today because we're experimenting uh streaming on multiple platforms at once um but uh, we will be back next week and i will tell you this we will be doing the show next week uh not on thursday uh it will be done uh, on wednesday for thursday uh we have another engagement going on thursday so just keep your eyes open make sure you subscribe you'll get a notice and i appreciate you joining us today uh until uh next time make sure you tune in to this same bat channel, same bat time. Until then, ciao, baby.